Hey, everybody, it's Lynn. And thanks for listening to one of my very first podcasts I've ever created. If you're hearing this message, that means that, yep, you guessed it. These are one of the first. And I am learning my way around the podcast world. I'm really excited to be going on this adventure and meeting new people, really learning about others, overcoming their own adversity, living life on their own terms, how they hustled or overcame or whatever that is. And it's a little scary to be putting myself out there. And so some mistakes have made. You'll hear some growth as the podcasts go on. I'm not a professional, but I'm learning and I'm really excited to be sharing these initial podcast with you. Perfectly imperfect. So I hope you enjoy and I'm wishing you all the best. Ciao for now. Welcome to the Confessions of a Digital Nomad podcast. My name is Lynn Howard, an international speaker, consultant, coach, and you guessed it, digital nomad. And I want you to create a life on your terms. We always have a choice. This podcast is about hustle, perseverance, manifestation, and making it happen on your terms. In the end, how do you want to be remembered? Someone who had a life or someone who truly lived by their own design? We are not our circumstances. Our circumstances are a part of us. So join me as we create a life on our terms. Hello and welcome to Confessions of the Digital Nomad podcast. This is your host, Lynn Howard, and I have a very special guest, Megan Bazzuto, on the line today. Hi, Megan. Hi, Lynn. Please tell me I said your name right. Yes, you got it right. I totally didn't even ask that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me do a little introduction of Megan. I've known Megan, I've been working with you more intimately, I would say, over the last seven months to a year, but uh, she is the VP of Marketing and Membership Experience Director of IAW, International Association of Women, and it's an organization organization that I've belonged to for the last few years, um, and she is just a rock star. Uh, she currently lives in Boston. She has a few kids. She's also a wife. And she's lived overseas, so she's a fellow nomad, which I love. And um, although she loves dealing with membership and loves dealing with networking, she definitely has the accounting and the finance background. So she's a number-oriented individual, but also experienced and people-oriented, which I love a well-rounded person. So hopefully, Megan, I introduce you appropriately. Yes, you did. You, you covered it all. Good. Well, I'm excited to have you. Is there anything that you would like to share about yourself before we get into the nitty gritty? Um, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I thank you for, for offering this. Um, I think in terms of what you shared, the, there's the experiences and things that I've done in my life have been instrumental in helping me to shape the programs and, and things that I do at IAW. And I often say I've landed in my perfect kind of dream job. I, I literally wake up every morning excited to log in and see what's going on at IAW. And it's so great to be able to craft programs and resources and bring women together to achieve their goals. Um, I'm 
I'm a big fan of women supporting women. And I think that when we all work together and support each other, we can do some really awesome things. I, I definitely agree. And, and I know that for my listeners and out there, Megan is not necessarily an entrepreneur, but she does definitely have the entrepreneurial spirit. And that's one of the reasons why I asked her to be on. Not that all my guests will be entrepreneurs, but um, I love what you're doing and how innovative you've been really since we are still in the COVID time, since it's still 2020. And it's been amazing to really watch you not react where a lot of companies are reacting right now this this last year they've been very reactive or they just kind of let it go right Uh, but you've been really thoughtful and proactive and engaging with your with your audience yeah i mean the so the nice thing is that Pre-COVID, we already had a strong virtual program in play. We had a a strong webinar platform. We had a strong e-chapter program. And those those were really tailored to help provide an experience for members that may not be in a local chapter area. So we we have programs that are offered nationally. We have programs that are offered locally. The local experience tends to be in person. So our national programs were able to accommodate the the response, right? We, we didn't have to go out and create all new programs. What we did do um, to, help, to help facilitate our local chapters, we created a regional model so that we didn't have all of our local chapters running around trying to plan virtual events. Because you and I both know that planning a virtual event is not just a matter of tossing a Zoom link on the calendar. There's a <laughs> lot that goes into it. Definitely. And if you have if you have a hundred people register for that virtual event, you're likely only going to end up with maybe 25 to 40 people. <laughs> and so we, we realized there was a lot more value in doing something regionally where we could get some, some bigger speakers and provide stronger content. Plus also bring our chapters together to work in a regional model. There's so much overlap between what somebody does in Boston and what somebody does in New York. And so getting them working together and, and talking and, and building a team there has been, it's, it's really helped our business. It's, it's really improved our model. Well, um, and, and then the benefit for me, Oh, sorry. No, I was going to just let the listeners know, like your membership is a million plus. Am I correct? Yeah. So yeah, we have, um, the, there's different levels of membership. So when you look at the the free versus paid versus subscriber versus active um i it's not a full million reach but we have we have an expansive membership that covers the united states and so we're reaching a large number of women and really trying to make sure that we're providing the things that they need at this point in time there's the people's lives have been impacted in such a severe way. So we're really trying to make sure that if you've lost your job or if your business is struggling, or if if you're having, if there's issues, how can we help you with that? Is our content and programming going to help you with that? Are we, are we giving you ways to meet people who can help navigate any issues that are coming up? 
And I think this was a baseline, well, at least my belief in yep. what one of the reasons why I joined IAW is this is a baseline of your beliefs anyway, regardless of COVID happening, regardless of what's happening, um, you know, with the pandemic, this was something that you guys, you listen to your members, you provide high value, um, that's real time value and with real people, with real women, which has been uh, quite an experience for me to experience. So thank you for that. Yeah. And it's something I love as well. One of the, I would say the benefits of all of this. So I live in the Boston area. We have a Boston chapter. So I do get to connect with members through the Boston chapter, but I've never had a ton of exposure beyond the leadership team to the actual members. And so the programs that we have have built in response to COVID have provided me an opportunity to meet more members, to hear the experience, to actually see what's going on. And that's been instrumental in helping me to shape programs and and think about our content strategy and how we're communicating with people. And I think a lot of these programs we've developed, even when we're back to in-person, I think they'll continue running because there's been so much interest in connecting virtually on a larger scale. Absolutely. Well, as you know, this is a podcast about persevering and hustle and uh, really living life on your own terms. So I open it up to you to share maybe a story and some points of um, how you persevered or how you created that life or what you do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's, there's so many stories to share. I think that my career, so as you mentioned in the intro, I started my career in the world of accounting and finance and mostly working in internal audit. I I was drawn to the job because it has an investigative feel to it where you're, you're digging for answers. You're trying to put a story together. I really loved the analytic side of it, but it also was a full-time travel job. So graduating from college, I was traveling probably 90% of the time. Every month I was in a new city or a new country. I, I, they sent me to Shanghai. They sent me to Ireland. I got to go to France. And so there was this excitement around, I'm getting to see the world, but I'm also doing this cool job. Um, when I found out I was pregnant, I, w- I was then working in New York City. I wasn't traveling anymore, but I, I kind of had this moment of, oh, how, how are we going to do this? <laughs> My husband and I were both working pretty tough jobs, really long hours, long commutes. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to have a baby and still manage this career. And then my husband was offered an assignment in Shanghai. And I, I was like, well, let's do it. I can, I'll take a few, I'll take two years off from work. We'll have this baby. We'll live overseas. It'll be fun. It's exploring. Two years in China turned into five years. We, we then moved after two years, we moved to Dubai. We spent three years in Dubai. We had another baby. So now I'm looking at five years of no work, which it's not like I wasn't doing anything, right? Managing international moves and I was learning new languages. I was, I was supporting my parents' business from overseas. But I, when we came home, I had this feeling of, but I want to be working. I, I feel like I invested a lot in my career and I didn't just plan to give it up. But right. what happened? when you spend five years not working, it's hard to mm-hmm. re-enter. I also, I had been supporting my parents' business from a marketing perspective. I had been doing my, my own blogging and I, I had this pull towards digital marketing. And so I found my way into digital marketing. 
And from there, I offer, I did some freelancing, I did some web builds, some email programs, a lot of social media. Um, but there's been, I, I, I'll use the word imposter syndrome. I've, I've had to overcome this. I took five years off. I don't have a marketing background. I have now found myself as the VP of marketing at IAW. And some days I'm like, oh, wow, that, how did I get here? <laughs> like, mm. But there's, there's, there's lots to be said about confidence and, and skills. And I, I'm comfortable in where I'm at now. I feel now I have the confidence, but it's taken me a while to get there. What are some um, things that you've done to get, to get there, uh, to get through the imposter syndrome? Because I can tell you a lot of us suffer from that. Definitely women. Yeah. So, although men do too. I, I'm not hating on my med audience, but um, yeah. it is yeah. something. Can you give a couple of points of what you did to really kind of come to that point? Yep. So skills development is one. I Skills, I think, have been instrumental in allowing me to say, well, I, I have the training, right? I, I do a lot of the HubSpot courses. I have certifications. I, I'm big into podcasts and YouTube videos and learning as much as I can so that if somebody asks me a question, my answer is going to be backed on, well, this is the answer because this is what the data shows. This is what my training shows. Mm. Um, also, I rely a lot on my data my data skills. I'm, I'm big. I, I really am comfortable looking at data, pulling out messaging and using that information to say, Hey, look, this was a success. A success. Hey, look, this is where we need to improve. And the, I guess it kind of gets into mindset a little bit and kind of saying, I have all this data that shows this is working. I have all the information and that that allows me to, to go forward saying, okay, this is working. <laughs> this has worked. We're seeing positive outcomes. And so, but it's not easy, right? Imposter syndrome, it, we talk a lot about this at IAW. There's a lot that we do in our, in our programming that speaks to imposter syndrome. And yes. it's it, having the confidence to show up and say, this, this is a problem or this is not working or how are, like, these are my suggestions. Um, I, as a young employee, when I, I mean, when I started my career, I, I did not feel comfortable adding my voice to conversations. We would be in meetings and I would always be the quiet one. I would always, I would have the ideas, but I wouldn't feel comfortable putting them out there. Um, a few things that have helped me, one is building relationships and whether they're people within my company, within my team or outside of the company and team, I, I have built through my network relationships with people where I'm comfortable that they're on my team. So early in my career, I realized I had somebody who I, I sort of considered a mentor, but I would kind of pull her aside and say, what do you think about this? And then she'd give me her input and that would give me more confidence to go forward and say, I think this is a good idea or this is the mm. problem I see. Um, and I still do that from time to time, right? I have, if I have ideas for IAW, I, I will pull people aside and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? It's, um, I think that, that asking those questions and, and kind of having a team of support can help you go into a conversation with a bit more confidence. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Those are some great points. I mean, uh, took lots of notes, but skill development, data skills, which is your niche, but using numbers to be able to almost have a reality check to kind of check that imposter, and these are my words, but kind of check that imposter syndrome to say, no, this is what the numbers are saying, regardless of what my mind is saying, um, which I love. And, um, And relationships are uber important. Mindset, I talk a lot about Uh, But I love that you talked about also having a mentor that you can actually pull aside and utilize. I feel that a lot of us have good people around us, but we don't necessarily reach out that hand or ask, right? Because maybe we're, we're still shamed or we're still having that syndrome. So I love that you, you talk about that. Um, Yeah. And I think mentorship is interesting because you can really have a mentor in any area, right? And when I worked for big companies, there were mental programs that were established. So as, as somebody, like when I was young in my career, I could get paired up with a professional woman who was a leader and, and there was a formal program in place to help guide that experience. But what happens if, if you work for a small company or if you're an entrepreneur, mentorship is still so important and being able to find somebody and match, because it's also matching with that person, right? There's personality issues. There's time issues. There's, there's a lot that goes into building that relationship, but whether you have a formal mentor or an informal mentor, mentorship, such an, it plays such an important role in being able to build those, build your confidence and and know where you're going in the future. Absolutely. So how do you feel now then doing all of that work and now you have the confidence? Um, how do you feel now? I, I, you know, I'm proud. I feel um, I some days I take a step back and it's like oh look how look where I've gotten to this is this is incredible I feel like I've built a career that I'm really proud of I love working for IAW I I love that I support a company that supports other women and I get to build really cool programs and resources that that helps other women achieve their goals um, and I I mean I still there's still days where imposter syndrome sneaks in, there's confidence issues, there's, there's questions of, is this the right decision? Are we doing the right thing? Um, but I still rely on the same things. I rely on my team. I rely on my mentors. I, I look to my training. I look to the data. And so I would say, I really feel like I've, I, I have come a long way in terms of taking a career pause, pivoting from accounting to marketing. And I, I feel proud of where I'm at. I love that. And I love what you just said. And I think it's really important if the audience didn't catch that is, um, even though it's been, you know, a few years since you've worked through the imposter syndrome and increased that confidence and are really proud of where you're at, you still fall back on those skill sets, those points in which helps you build your confidence and help you um, grow and become more aware too. I think the first thing is, is becoming aware that you have imposter syndrome, but that awareness and that growth through it, because it can always creep back in. So you still utilize those tools. So I, I love that. I often use an analogy with clients is, you know, cause I have a lot of, I've been in trades. I own an alarm company and I have lots of clients that are in trades, but a contractor, the first, the first tool that they use learn to use typically is a hammer, right? And although they might be driving a bulldozer now, they never get rid of that hammer. They always fall back on the hammer because that hammer will always come in handy. And so 
I love that. Yeah. that you still utilize those tools. What would yeah. you, because you do have young kids and, and we're wrapping up on time. What, what, what do you tell them about what you do or what, what, what would you like them to know, even if they don't know yet? <laughs> yeah, this actually, this has come up a lot recently because the kids are home all the time now yeah. and there's a lot of questions. What do you do? What do you do? Cause it's not like, I think if you're a carpenter, it's obvious you're building something. If you're a car mechanic, it's obvious you're working on cars. But a lot of what I do happens digitally on the computer. Um, so, and I have, so I have two young girls and a son. And for all of them, I want them to understand the importance of what I do is I provide other women with support to help them achieve their goals. So what do you want to be when you grow up? How are you going to get there? And what kind of support do you have to, to achieve everything? And so... They, they still, I think, don't necessarily always understand what I do. <laughs> um, and we talk about marketing and social media and, and TV commercials. And I, I cra- kind of try to craft their mind around the concept of marketing and, and, and what I do from a marketing perspective. But then from a company perspective, I want them to understand the importance of it. Because with two young daughters, it's like, well, how big can you dream? What, what do you dream of being when you grow up and how are we going to help you get there? And that's essentially what I do in my job. It is absolutely what you do. And I can tell you that coming from, you know, an outsider in like, that is another reason why I love being a part of IEW is because I can feel the love that you have and how much you appreciate it and how much you love what you do, but also the company, the organization itself. And it really comes out um, with everything that you guys create and support and encourage us all to do. And, and I think that's really important, regardless if you are in a position with a company or you're an entrepreneur um, or a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, like having the love and that purpose and that passion and that connection to what you're doing in the moment can really differentiate um, those that don't have that, even if you want yep. to have it. Um, yep. sometimes you get, well, stuck. I think, go ahead. The, the point I would say there is we all have days where we hate our jobs, right? No matter yes. what you're doing, no you matter. have days where you hate your jobs. But if you if you really buy into your purpose and what you're achieving and, and from a company perspective or a business owner perspective, it's going to help you get through those rough days. So I have days where I'm like, oh, what is what I, I don't feel like showing up today. But I also know that I have members counting on me to show up. And I I truly believe that we're able to make a difference through the, the things that we're providing. And that helps me through those bad days. And you absolutely, absolutely are providing those um those gifts to all of us uh, that are members. So I appreciate that. Any last words, any words of encouragement or uh, anything you'd like to tell the audience about persevering or hustle or doing life on your own terms? Yeah, I think that um, what I would say is just, uh, just do it, right? It's when I think about our opportunity to live overseas and the the thought of giving up my job to go experience the world. It was exciting. It was, it was fun. It was, I think that 
life can be really tricky and things can be really difficult, but set a goal and, and just keep your eye on that goal and set yourself up with the support that you need. Everybody, everybody needs different support systems, but there's so much out there around you, whether it's through a network like International Association of Women, whether it's through your family, whether it's through your friends, but make sure you surround yourself with people who are going to cheer you along the way and support you and, and provide you with any help that you might need to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Megan, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being on. I'm sure I'll have you on again. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, everybody, I will have the, uh, the website link in the notes, but please check out IEW is a fantastic organization for women. Again, International Association of Women. And this is Megan Bazudo. And I wish you all happiness and health. Aloha. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into Confessions of a Digital Nomad podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe today so that way you'll get notifications every time a new episode is available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. And if this podcast moved you or feel it can move someone else, please share it with them today. I'm Lynn Howard, signing off from somewhere in the world. Till next time.